Well, we just finished a series of uh, three or four short, three, three short, short series of three. That's <laughs> easy. Yeah, I wish it was easy for me to say. Uh, what if you could ask Jesus anything? Three questions. You know, people ask Jesus, and I thought there were questions that perhaps we would ask if we. Uh, had the opportunity to ask Jesus face to face, and uh, going to turn tables now, because in Mark's record of Jesus' life, he rec uh, recounts several questions Jesus asked his disciples, and uh, so, what do you think Jesus might ask you if you could sit down face to face with Jesus these days, what do you think he might ask you? We're going to examine four of the questions he asked his first disciples and see how they might help us connect with Jesus. Today, Jesus, uh, we're going to look at a question that Jesus asked. This is the same question. Jesus asked this same question to his followers in two similar situations. He asked the same question twice. Now, when I was in school, I was told if the teacher or the professor asked this question twice in class during discussions, it was a pretty good indication that it was important and it probably will be on the test. I don't know if Jesus had ever heard that rule. I don't, you know. He went to Sabbath day school. I don't, you know, I don't know if that, that's the way they did things in the Sabbath, you know, synagogue, but maybe. But since he asked the same question twice, we might want to listen. Today we're in Mark chapter 6 to begin with. The first instance is Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 30 to 44. And then uh, we'll be in Mark chapter 8 for the second time, the second situation. Mark chapter 6, starting verse 30. It tells us in Mark chapter 6, verse 30, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done. Okay, we're jumping in in the middle of something, apparently. What are, the, what are they going to be talking to Jesus about? Earlier, Jesus sent the apostles out in pairs, two by two, is another way of saying that, and they went out to preach they cast out demons and they healed people. Well, God healed people through them. Let's put it, uh, let's clarify that, okay? And they've come back from this assignment from Jesus and they're trying to report to him as they're attempting to report to Jesus. So many people showed up needing help that Jesus and the disciples couldn't get a break, literally couldn't get a break. They couldn't get time to eat themselves. And Jesus says to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place to get some rest. And they boarded a boat and took off for a quiet, restful retreat. Verse 33. But, whenever that word shows up, you know something's... <laughs> when you've made plans and the word but shows up, you know things are going south real fast. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. 
They thought they were taking the fast way in a boat, we're gonna get away, and apparently it's faster to run around shore. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it was already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. I'm going to pause for a moment because I've always read between the lines here because I'm pretty sure what they were actually meaning was, please send these people away so we can take a nap. So we can have a snack. Remember, we came over here to get away from these people because we couldn't eat or sleep. Send them away so they can get some food. Because see, that sounds a whole lot better than saying, send them away so we can get some food, right? It sounds like you care about them. Verse 37, but he, Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. <coughs> Oops. They said to him, that would take more than a half year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Here's the question. How many loaves do you have? Remember that question, okay? How many loaves do you have? He said, go and see. When they found out, they, they said, five. Now, quick, let me help you. Put the right picture in your mind. We're not take, talking loaves of wonder bread. We're talking pita bread. We're talking five pitas. <coughs> a long loaf of bread baked in a pan. We're talking five pitas. And two fish. We're probably not talking big ones. Okay. We're probably talking fish like <coughs> my fisherman friends who today. I got a fish that was this big. This one. They got the other hand up there just to kind of confuse you. Like, like the deer hunter that got a spike that, that had this many horns. Right? You know. All right. Uh, but then Jesus directed, verse 39, Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the, on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish, so they were at least big enough to break, to divide up. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. 
Pop quiz, how many baskets? 12, it's okay to say it out loud. You don't have to just whisper, it's just you and me and the internet. And if you're at home, you can yell, unless there's a bunch of people in the room and you're almost scared. Um, 12 baskets full, one for each of the apostles. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Five pita breads, two fish, 5,000 men, plus probably women and children. Everybody's satisfied. 12 baskets, who knows how big, but 12 baskets full of leftovers. The question was, how many loaves do you have? Five, two fish, is the answer. And at the end, it was 12 baskets of leftovers. Mark chapter 8, verses 1 to 10. Another large crowd gathered. They had nothing to eat. Jesus gave the disciples a pop quiz. These people need food. And they responded, there aren't any stores. Now, I think they may have remembered a little bit from the last time. They remembered, okay, saying there's not enough money isn't the right answer. So they look around and we are saying, we're out in the boondocks, there are no stores to go to. Still the wrong answer. Because Jesus says in verse five, how many loaves do you have? Same question. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Sounding familiar? Told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Well, he'd taken the seven loaves and given thanks. He broke them, gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. Seven baskets this time. The perfect number, the complete number. About 4,000 were present this time. So the question Jesus asked both times, Jesus asked, how many loaves do you have? He did not ask, how many loaves do you think the rich folk in Jerusalem have to contribute to this problem? He did not ask, how many loaves do you think Caesar could send us? He did not ask, how many loaves do these people have to donate to the cause? He did not ask, how many loaves do you think are in that village over there on the horizon? 
the disciples said, look at this huge crowd of hungry people. Both times they're looking at this huge crowd of hungry people and they're saying, do something, Jesus. And Jesus asked, how many loaves do you have? How many times have you and I looked at our world and the circumstances around us and the situations and the problems? How many times have we looked around and thought to ourselves, do something, Jesus. If you were to say, do something, Jesus, what do you think Jesus would ask you? Based on these two events and his consistency in asking the same question both times, I have a sense that he would ask you and ask me, what do you have? Because Jesus meets needs by multiplying our resources to deal with the needs that we see. Oh, but I don't have much, and I don't have, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Here's the sermon in a sentence. It's, well, it won't hurt you to memorize this. To replace all the I don'ts. I don't have this, and I don't have that. Your little bit is more than enough in Jesus' hands. Your little bit is more than enough in Jesus' hands. As Jesus' 21st century disciples, we respond to the needs we see much like the first century disciples did. Do something, Jesus. Do something. But Jesus still asks us the same question. How many loaves do you have? We seem to gravitate toward wanting Jesus, wanting to watch Jesus work. And he insists on involving us. I've been born, I, well, no, I was born in a hospital, but I've been raised in the church, okay? I, I, I used to say I was born and raised in the church, but that was, I realized that was not an accurate statement. My mother actually was in the hospital when I was born. Ah, uh, so. I was born in the hospital, I've been raised in the church, and I have observed things over my, my, my lifetime. Not a long lifetime, at least it doesn't seem long to me, but I've observed something about church folks. We, we, we go to two extremes. The one extreme is that we want to watch Jesus work. We want to pray and then just sit back and watch. Pray and watch. Just pray and then, you know, like, Jesus, all these hungry people, take care of them. Jesus, they're still hungry. The other extreme is we see hungry people and we just go charging out there to do whatever we think we can do. pray, we don't ask questions, we don't 
seek guidance. We don't just try to discern where God wants us to go, what he wants us to do. We just do. Those are the two extremes. And the answer is always in the middle with Jesus. I don't know if it's even in the middle. It's with Jesus. The answer is always with Jesus. Jesus is always saying to us, let's work together. There are hungry people. There are hurting people. There are needs to be met. What do you have? Let's take care of this together. We have all kinds of excuses. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of us can identify with the disciples. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I'm convinced all 12 of them would have said this. I'm so tired of caring for people and never taking a break. I am so tired of taking care of people and never taking a break. We have a term for that these days. There's a term for that. There's an actual term for that. It's called compassion fatigue. I'm sick and tired of taking care of people. I mean, I care, but I'm so tired, I don't care. Compassion fatigue. These guys had it. Maybe we have it. That's one of our, I'm just tired of taking, caring for people and never taking a break. Some of us, I'm not as young as I used to be. If you're still here, you're not as young as you were yesterday. The only way that's never going to be true is if you're not here today and you were here yesterday. There's only one way to stop getting older. Do I need to explain that anymore? I think you got that, right? I don't have enough money or time or energy. I don't have a half year's wages to buy bread for all these people. There aren't any stores around here. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't, I don't, I don't. And Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? What do you have? I was thinking about this. Moses at the burning bush. We've been talking about Moses in our Sunday morning Bible study before. And, and God talked to Moses at the burning bush, said, I want you to go and I want you to get, leave my people out of their slavery, the slavery in Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses had all kinds of excuses. I, I don't do this. I don't know that. I can't talk to him. Yada, 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 yada. And what if they don't believe me? And God's answer to was, what's in your hand? Kind of like, how many loaves do you have? And I started thinking about that. What, how does God use people? David and Goliath, that's another famous story from, from the Bible. Little shepherd boy, the king, the biggest man in Israel, head and shoulders above everybody else, 
tried to put his armor on a kid. I, I don't know, I've never figured out if he was trying to help or trying to figure out a way to keep this kid from going out there and get stepped on. I'm not quite sure what Saul was thinking. Trying to put his armor on a little kid. But David said, no, all I know how to use is a sling. And he used what was in his hand and five rocks he picked up from a creek. Only needed one. When we give what we have, Jesus takes it blesses it, breaks it, and gives it back through us and to us and multiplies it. The songwriter Annie Flint put it this way, when we've exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, the Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power, no boundary known unto man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Your little bit is more than enough in Jesus' hands. Let's pray. <clears throat> Jesus, it is so easy for us. <clears throat> easy for me to see what I don't have. never ask us to do things we cannot do. You take care of the impossible. But you do ask us to be I ask you to draw us close. I don't know how you do that for us. You approach each person differently. You approach each congregation differently. You know us better than we know ourselves. 
draw us close, Jesus. Draw us close. Draw us close so that we focus our attention on you. Us to give our little bit to you. May not be much. But it's more than enough in your hands. You can do anything through your people. You've done it time and time again in the past, and we just ask you to do it again. Do it again in us and through us. Amen. Well, for those of you who aren't keeping track of the calendar, this is the second week of Lent. I only mention that because, you know, Lent is kind of a countdown to the celebration of Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday. And I'm, gonna, I'm asking you to join me in praying for one thing. A lot, of, uh, a lot of times Lent is a focus on giving stuff up. I'm asking you to add something. Because, well, I'm a rebel. Um, I'm asking you to pray that the Holy Spirit will empower us to discover uh, or rediscover the excellence, the greatness of Jesus' love in all of its dimensions, that his, his endless, extravagant love will pour into us until we're overflowing with God's fullness and his greatness. What will that look like? I have no idea. I just know it isn't happening now. And I want it to. I believe God wants it to. And we should be asking for it. So I'm inviting you to join me in praying. That we just have a fresh rediscovery, a fresh experience of his amazing, infinite love his presence. You've probably heard the old story if you're walking around with a cup of coffee and somebody bumps you, coffee's going to slop out over you or them or both of you. Well, I would like to think that the day will come when people bump into us, God's love will slop off over both of us. And I think, I would love for it to be so amazing that they go, what was that? What was that? And we just have to say, no, I... All I can tell you is I know God loves us more than we could ever imagine. And I think that may be what you felt. What do you think? I believe his love can be that tangible. We 
inviting you to join me in praying for that. With that in mind, Jesus sends us to follow him, not just to go out there by ourselves, but to follow him and giving our lives for the world. Introducing others to the Holy Spirit's powerful love involves weeping and wrestling in his name, just as Jesus weeps and wrestles in prayer. We are sent to join Jesus as he invites others into his kingdom family. So go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go with Jesus. And let God's love slosh out of you. Yeah. <laughs>